female folk singer is dead after she was attacked by a pair of coyotes. What is the monkey doing? Tell me what's going on. He ripped her face off! We actually have a trainer in the water with one of our whales. If I show weakness, if I retreat, I may be hurt, I may be killed. Baby Azaria Chamberlain was taken by a dingo back in 1980. Hello and welcome back to Man It Is The Only True Crime Podcast on the internet where all the killers are real animals. My name is Jimmy, aka James. Although I I gotta be honest, I've been having this conversation with people a lot lately. I, I don't like my name. I don't like James. James is a shit name. Can we just get on board with that? Any name, any men's name in particular, um, that ends with an S, it just sounds weak, man. Like Chris and James and uh, uh, I can't think of another example. It just, it also, it sounds too formal for what I am as a human. I'm a garbage dump of a person um, held together with sticky tape and, and, and chocolate. So... I don't think that the name suits me. Um, I, but like, like I've been explaining to people, I'm 28 years old. It's too late. You can't suddenly pivot now and be Jimmy or or Jamie. I don't want to be Jamie, but Jim. I can't just be Jim, and that hurts. <sighs> what are we doing? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> podcast. Hi. Um, we're back with another episode of uh, Killer Cryptids. Um, so thank you so much for the response to the first episode of the Killer Cryptids series, which was like two months ago now. Um, it was of course about the Mothman, which was a very scary uh cryptid that haunted areas in Virginia and West Virginia in the United States. And also somehow popped up in like near Chernobyl and stuff. That was a cool story too. A lot of really nice feedback from everybody. Um, so I decided, you know, it's been a while since we've done one of these. Let's do let's do a follow up. Let's do a part two of Killer Cryptids. So today we are talking about uh, one of the most famous cryptids that you will you've probably heard of this one before. Um, we are talking, of course, about the legendary Chubacabra um, from America, from North America and Latin America as well. So my personal experience with Chupacabra, I had heard of it before, um, My, I, I, but I didn't really know what it was. My thinking was that it was some kind of um, s- scary vampiric dog. Um, and I guess in some ways I'm correct. I also, I used to play in my sort of formative high school years, a lot of Red Dead Redemption, not not the, not the second one, the first one. Um, and there was this really cool expansion pack that they added on called, it was like Undead Nightmare or something like that. Um, basically it was like a zombie DLC for that, for that game. But they had a lot of other cool supernatural stuff in the game too. They had, there was like a unicorn you could ride. There were all these, there were the, uh, four horses of the apocalypse. I think there was a Sasquatch. Yeah, there was, there was a Sasquatch involved. Was it a Sasquatch or was it like a abominable snowman? No, it was a Sasquatch, I think. Um, and there was like another little rabbit with little antlers. But on top of that, there was also, Chupacabra wasn't in the game, but you could collect like bits of it. I think you could like loot something and you find like Chupacabra teeth or something like that. But I figure, and this was before like I would, just hop online and just Google for the answer. I figured, oh, there's Chubacabra teeth in the game. Chubacabra must be. I must have searched for dozens of hours for this thing um, and never really came up with anything, which is a cool parallel to what's happened in real life because because the Chubacabra is so famous, 
it's such a well-known cryptid, people look for it. And there has been quite compelling, uh, well, not comp- I wouldn't say it's compelling. There has been video of alleged chupacabras that could be considered quite compelling. Um, we, we will get into that a little bit later. So yeah, we're going to jump into it right now. Um, this is a killer cryptid episode of Maneaters. Uh, we are talking about the chupacabra. So here we go. Um, we're going to call this one, no, nah, just going to call it chupacabra, terror of Latin America or something. Uh. The chubacabra, or chubacabras, is a legendary creature from the folklore of parts of the Americas. The name comes from the animal's reported vampirism. The chubacabra is said to attack and drink the blood of livestock, including goats. From the Spanish words chupa, which means to suck, and cabras, which means goats, the word chupacabra can literally be translated to goat sucker, which was my nickname in year six. Uh, throughout the Americas, it is known by both the name Chupacabras and Chupacabra, with the former being the original name and the latter being a regularization of the name. The Puerto Rican comedian Silvio Perez is credited with coining the term back in 1995 while providing commentary on the attacks as a San Juan radio DJ. The creature's appearance has been described in a variety of ways. In Puerto Rico and Latin America, for example, some people say it has a reptilian appearance and an alien-like quality, while others say it is heavy and about the size of a small bear, has rows of spines that extend from the neck, neck of its from its neck to the base of the tail. Some people think it looks more like a dog, particularly people living in southwestern United States. Since the 1970s, there have been sightings reported in Puerto Rico. Since then, reports of this creature have come from as far north as Maine in the United States and as far south as Chile in South America, as well as from countries outside of the Americas, including Russia and the Philippines. A chupacabra called El Vampiro de, de Moca, also known simply as the Vampire of Moca, was suspected of being responsible for the slaughter of several herds of livestock in the town of Moca in the year 1975. At first, it was thought in the town that a satanic cult was responsible for the killings. Of course, satanic cult uh, was a big issue in the 80s. Uh, a lot of murders of humans, serial killers, etc., etc., uh, and cults um, were attributed to being satanic, even though they had uh, nothing to do with Satanism. Later, additional killings were reported around the island, and many farms reported loss of animal life. It was reported that a series of small circular incisions had been made all over the bodies of each of the animals, causing their blood to drain from their bodies. In March of 1995, the first attack that was subsequently reported and ultimately attributed to actual chupacabras took place. In Puerto Rico, the bodies of eight sheep were found. Each of these sheep had three puncture wounds in its chest area and had been completely drained of their blood, according to reports. A few months after the attack on these eight sheep, in August, an eyewitness by the name of Madeline Tolentino reported seeing a creature in a Puerto Rican town of Canovanas, where it was reportedly responsible for the death of as many as 150 farm animals and pets. Around 30 residents of Canovanas asserted that they had each witnessed a chupacabra, claiming that it had descended from the heavens and leapt through the branches of nearby trees. An eyewitness first proposed an eyewitness first provided a detailed description of chupacabras on November 19, 1995. Prior to this date, no one had ever described their appearance. 
It was during the fall season in Puerto Rico when the creature carried out another attack. The farmers were startled awake to find a horrifying scene. Dozens of dead turkeys, rabbits, goats, cats, dogs, and even horses and cows for which there was no apparent reason. Only the mysterious markings that the blood-drinking chupacabras had left behind. A homeowner in the city of Calgulas, in the country's central north, caught the first glimpse of the goat sucker and gave the first real description to camera. The animal, which was said to have had huge red eyes and hairy arms, allegedly broke into the bedroom of a house through a window, tore apart a child's stuffed teddy bear, and left a puddle of slime and a single piece of rancid meat on the windowsill before vanishing. Shortly after the first sighting of the chupacabra were reported to the media, the Puerto Rican comedian and businessman Silvio Perez said the word chupacabra for the first time on air while discussing the attacks. Not long after the first incidents were recorded in Puerto Rico, other animal deaths were reported in other countries, including the United States of America, Argentina, Bolivia, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, the Dominican Republic, El Salvador, Honduras, Mexico, Nicaragua, Panama, and Peru. In the months of October and December of 2018, numerous sightings of what were believed to be chupacabra were reported in the Indian state of Manipur. A number of, pe a number of people had reported seeing chupacabras, and this does coincide with the suspicious deaths of a large number of domestic animals and poultry, which were carried out in a manner that is similar to other chupacabra attacks. After examining the remains of a body, however, forensic experts came to a conclusion that stray dogs were to blame for the mass murder of domestic animals and poultry. A video that was recorded by Mundo Ulvini in October of 2019 showed what appeared to be the aftermath of an attack on chickens in a sector of the Laris neighborhood in Puerto Rico. Now, given that there are so many alleged attacks by chupacabras, this has caused researchers to look into this phenomenon and try to explain it in some sort of non-supernatural way. And there are a few uh, theories that leading experts have. Benjamin Radford conducted a five-year investigation into the chupacabra, which he documented in his book titled Tracking the Chupacabra, which was published in 2011. The investigation came to the conclusion that the description given by the original eyewitness in Puerto Rico, Madeline Tolentino, was based on the creature Sill from the 1995 science fiction horror film Species, which starred Ben Kingsley, Michael Madsen, Alfred Molina, and Forrest Whitaker. The alien creature known as Sill is strikingly similar to an eyewitness account of a chupacabra that was given by Tolentino, and she had watched the movie prior to giving her report. Quote, it was a beast that resembled the chupacabra in appearance, complete with spines on its back and everything. The striking similarity to the chupacabra was a very compelling feature. As a result of Radford's discovery that Tolentino believed that the creatures and events she saw in Species were happening in reality in Puerto Rico at the time, the author of Species draws the conclusion that the most important chupacabra description cannot be trusted. According to Radford, this severely undermines the credibility of the chupacabra as a real animal. Radford classifies the chupacabra sightings into two groups, those that occurred in Puerto Rico and Latin America, where it was reported that the animals were attacked, where it was reported that animals were attacked and their blood was purposefully taken, and those that occurred in the United States, where it was reported that mammals, primarily dogs and coyotes with mange, were referred to as chupacabras because of their unusual appearance. 
In addition, the reports of Chupacabra sucking blood have never actually been verified by an autopsy, which is the only way to establish beyond a reasonable doubt that the animal's blood was sucked out of it. Dr. David Morales, a Puerto Rican vet veterinarian who works for the Department of Agriculture, conducted an examination of 300 victims who may have been killed by a chupacabra and discovered that the victims had not been bled to death. At the end of October 2010, a biologist from the University of Michigan named Barry O'Connor came to the conclusion that all of the chupacabra reports in the United States were simply coyotes infected with a parasite. The symptoms of this infection would explain most of the features of a chupacabra, including the fact that the infected coyotes would have had little fur, thickened skin, and a rank odor. O'Connor proposed a theory that the attacks on goats had taken place due to the fact that these animals are significantly weakened, they are going to have a difficult time hunting. Therefore, they might feel compelled to attack livestock because it is simpler for them to do so than pursue a rabbit or a deer. Although a number of eyewitnesses arrived at the conclusion that the attacks could not have been the work by dogs or coyotes because the victims had not been consumed by either species, this conclusion is mistaken. It is possible for both dogs and coyotes to kill their prey, but then choose not to consume it for a variety of reasons, including inexperience, injury, or difficulty in killing the prey. Although the prey might survive the initial attack, it might succumb to internal bleeding or circulatory shock afterwards. The fact that there are two holes found in the neck which correspond with the canine teeth is to be expected given that this is the only method most land carnivores have available to them for capturing their prey. There are also reports of stray Mexican hairless dogs being mistaken for chupacabras. And I just, I, sorry, after that sentence, I just don't want to go to Mexico anymore. Hairless dogs just wandering about? That sounds awful. Although these are all very concrete world explanations for the chupacabra, some people's theories are a little more out of this world. Some people in Latin America attribute the existence of the reptilian version of chupacabra's appearance to aliens or to genetic tampering by scientists in Mexico. Other folklore legends may offer a better explanation for these creatures showing up in the 70s and 90s. The Ozark Howler, a large beast-like, a large bear-like animal, is also the subject of a very similar urban legend. The Puchans of Chile, I think that's how you pronounce it, also share similarities in their supposed habits, but instead of being dog-like, they are described as winged snakes. This legend may have originated from the vampire bat, an animal endemic to the region. In the Philippines, another legendary creature called the Sigbin shares many of the Chubacabra's descriptions. Grunches is a legend in New Orleans that gets its name from a lover's lane called Grunch Road between the Mississippi River and the Gulf of Mexico. The road was said to be inhabited by creatures called Grunches, similar, to what, similar in appearance to the Chupacabra. Now, of course, when a cryptid shows up this much in media, it's going to move over to popular media as well. And of course, the Chupacabra is no uh, stranger to being included in pop culture. I've found just a few examples um, that I had heard of and a couple that I hadn't heard of. So, for example, the myth of the Chupacabra is mocked in the 2012 episode Chupacabra of the cartoon series South Park, in which anti-Semitic main character Eric Cartman claims to have have seen a Jewish chupacabra that kills children on Easter. I love that, like, that's just a description of his character, anti-Semitic main character. 
The search for a Chupacabra was also featured in the 1997 X-Files episode, El Mundo Gira. And I actually think I remember watching that episode as a kid and fucking freaking out. Uh, oh, here's a weird one for it to be included in. Teen Titans Academy, a DC comic book, has a bat-like metahuman called Chupacabra whose alter ego is Diego Perez in honor of George Perez, the artist that initially illustrated the Team Titans. A 1999 episode of Futurama features a monster called El Chupanimbre, uh, or whatever. And in a season three episode of Workaholics called To Kill a Chupacabra, Blake finds what he believes to be the deceased corpse of the Rancho Chupacabra in the pool, though it turns out to be the neighbor's dog. There is not a single piece of evidence to support any of the claims that a Chupacabra exists. Instead, all the reports are anecdotal and have been disregarded as a result. The Chupacabra is deemed to be nothing more than a myth by professionals in the field of wildlife management and biology. However, that doesn't mean that there haven't been, like I said at the intro of this episode, uh, several quote-unquote credible videos that have popped up. If you search into YouTube uh, Chupacabra footage or chupacabra video you'll see a lot of uh fairly fairly convincing videos um claiming to show a chupacabra however upon examination of of the corpse if it is a corpse or i should say carcass i guess since it's an animal um or of course when you look if it, if, if it is an alleged live chupacabra um almost always these are really easily explained away as yeah being dogs or coyotes uh which are infected with a with a with a virus or a uh fungus or just they're just they have mange they're just wild rabid dogs or coyotes and that's kind of where i leave it as well the chupacabra is not one of the killer cryptids that i think is a real animal that exists for for a few reasons um i i think that if chupacabra uh they seem to like to attack wildlife Farmers are very protective of their wildlife, especially, you know, past the 90s. Um, they would have cameras set up. If if chupacabras were existing in the areas that we've talked about today, in the southern United States and in Latin America, uh, it just, it would have been found. It would have been found. This is why I'm more likely to believe in a cryptid like Bigfoot. I'm not saying I believe in Bigfoot, but at least it lives in the middle of a rainforest, Right where it's very hard to access. These animals reportedly live uh, among humans and attack livestock on the reg. So I do not believe that it is a likely candidate to be a, um, what what would you call it? A, it's not a likely candidate to be a real animal. Let's just leave it there. So my, my belief is that a lot of these sightings were misidentified animals like dogs and coyotes um i think that i do think though it is interesting i don't think that the woman like that's very strange their explanation for the woman who saw the movie species and then just thought that was real i think that's really insulting her intelligence to say that she watched a science fiction movie in 1995 um starring forrest whitaker and was like oh shit yeah that's that's real life man and then saw something outside and then said yeah no i was that that was a chupacabra, and she describes it from the movie. So that's the only... That doesn't sit right for me. There's something 
fishy going on there. But apart from that, I think it's pretty clear all the evidence that we have, quote-unquote evidence, can be really easily explained away through very natural means. It's not a supernatural attack. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm completely wrong, and the Chubacabra is out there, waiting in, lying in wait, uh, ready to attack another cow or suck on another goat. That is a wa <laughs> that's a bad way to leave the the story, but that is the story, guys. Uh, Chubacabra, a very interesting cryptid. I highly recommend. There's a lot more information out there on the on the Chubacabra. I just kind of gave you a uh, a brief overview. Uh, I don't know how brief how brief was it. Yeah, about like a 20 minute overview of the Chupacabra. So if you are interested, of course, definitely search up those videos on YouTube. Uh, make those that make that decision for yourself if you think it's a, a real thing or not. Like I said, I don't, but you are welcome to disagree with me and let me know why I'm wrong. Uh, and yeah, plenty of Chupacabra stories out there. Now, I do know that I have quite a few listeners from um, the southern states of the US, from Texas, uh, from, from Florida, I think as well. I, this is a stretch. But if you or someone in your family or anyone like that has ever claimed to see a Chubacabra or, you know, like an Ozark Howl or any kind of cryptid in, in, that, in that area, I would love to hear from you. As always, the email is in the, uh, the description, I guess, the caption of this episode, uh, as well as all the social media links. So please, if, the, if that's you, get in touch. I would love to hear what your thoughts are, uh, because I'm coming at this from a very foreign perspective from, you know, thousands of kilometers away. But if this sort of thing is reported in your backyard, um, I want to know what your thoughts are, if you think it's real, if you think it's not. The, the, the closest example I could give you is like the, in where I live, um, in, in Newcastle in Australia, there's a, there's a rumor of a, a panther, a hunter panther. Uh, hunter in the sense of that's the region I live called the hunter, not a hunter. It doesn't hunt. Maybe it does. I don't know. But there's always been rumors of uh, this panther, this big cat living in the bush um, around Lake Macquarie, around Newcastle. Um, I Again, like I live here and I think it's bullshit. So if you are from um, a, a region that I've mentioned and, and you've heard stories about Chubacabra Oh, and you think it's bullshit, I want you to tell me. If you think it's real, I want you to tell me as well. I would love to get uh, some, I guess, first-hand experience on the on this cryptid. Uh, but that's where I'm going to leave that story for now. We're going to move on, though, because it's time for a scratch of the day. Woohoo! Feels like it's been a while since we've done one of these, because we got sort of bogged down by our four-part series on all the bear attacks. By the way, thank you everyone for listening to that as well. Um, and also, very randomly, uh, oh, actually, no, I'll talk about that later. Um, yes, haven't done a scratch today for a hot minute, so I've got three here, kind of interesting, all different animals. Our first story, it's a shark attack. We're just going back to classics here on Is This is reported uh, by the BBC uh, by Burned D. Busman Jr. Bad name, Burned, B-E-R-N-D. Is this supposed to be Bernard? They, well, BBC misspelled this guy's name. Anyway, here we go. This is a really interesting one. So the headline is, Shark Attack Kills US Cruise Passenger in the Bahamas. So if you needed another reason to not go on a cruise, um, I here, here you go. Here's that story. I say that realizing that I'm about to book a cruise for next year. Ah, uh, shit. Don't get off the boat. Okay. Uh, a U.S. cruise ship passenger was killed by a shark while snorkeling near the Bahamas on Tuesday, according to local authorities. The 58-year-old woman from Pennsylvania was on an excursion near Green Cay in Nassau, near Nassau, when the incident took place. 
Police later said the family identified the shark as a bull shark. A similar incident in the area took the life of a 21-year-old American in 2019. Despite gripping public attention, shark attacks are exceedingly rare. Yeah, you'll find that in every sentence about a every story about a shark attack. They'll always throw that sentence in, and it is true. Uh, but it it's almost a little preemptive. Let's get to the end of the story before we say that, guys. Uh, Bohemian poli- Bohemian police spokeswoman uh, Chrysalin Skippings told reporters that the woman was on an excursion with a local tour company, which took her to a popular snorkeling area. Family members and tour company staff saw her being attacked and managed to pull her from the water. A local news outlet, Eyewitness News, quoted Miss Skippings as saying the victim suffered wounds to her upper extremities. The victim was declared dead by authorities after being taken to shore. Her cruise ship, the Harmony of the Seas, was docked in Nassau, Nassau, I think it might be Nassau, at the time of the attack. It had just begun a seven-day cruise of the Western Caribbean from Port Canavala, can Canaveral, Port Canaveral. I've heard that word before. Caribbean port from Port Canaveral in Florida on the 4th of September. Cruise operator Royal Caribbean. Oh, fuck. That's where we're going. I'm going on that one. Royal Caribbean International said in a statement that they are providing support and assistance to the guests' loved ones during this difficult time. The incident is the first fatal shark attack in the Bahamas since 2019, when a 21-year-old woman from California was attacked by sharks near Rose Island, about a half mile away from Tuesday's attack. In another recent incident, an 8-year-old British boy was injured after being attacked by three sharks in another part of the Bahamas. His father later told the son that the attack was like a scene from Jaws. In total, statistics from the Florida-based International Shark Attack File show that... This is exactly what I'm saying. Here we go. (laughs) Show that about 32 shark attacks have been reported in the Bahamas since 1749, the highest number in the region. So that's actually surprising. I'm very surprised that there's that few, considering how many... uh, There's no way to put this nicely. Fat Americans are... (laughs) Oh, no, that's mean. I'm sorry. That was that was insensitive. Um, considering how many people uh, swim in the Bahamas, uh, it's surprising that the number is that low. Okay, uh, Michael Heathios Heath Heath. How do I say this? Heath House. Michael Heath House, a marine biologist at Florida International University in Miami, told the Associated Press that the relatively high number of shark attacks in the area is likely due to the high number of people in the waters. Like I said, which are a home to a vibrant marine ecosystem. Globally, there were 73 confirmed unprovoked shark attacks in 2021, including nine that resulted in death. Uh, Yeah, so surprising. uh, It's obviously very sad. That's not how you want your holiday to start as well. Um, I wonder what happened to the cruise ship, because cruise ships are tricky, man, because if something bad happens, they just kind of have to keep going. They've got another thousand people on board. Like, if someone falls off, I guess they go back for them, but if they figure that there's no way they can still be alive i think they just keep going so i wonder if like this woman's family just like got off the boat and the boat kept going and then the rest of the people on board just kept partying it kind of puts a dower on the whole experience i mean cruise ships in general aren't that great of an experience anyway especially with covid i can't wait to be trapped on a boat with people vomiting and shitting their guts out all day because they didn't learn how to wash their hands 
oh, I, I'm going to buy, I'm going to bring so much hand sanitizer with me. Um, it is interesting, by the way, I'm going to do a little, little, uh, plug, not plug. What do I call it? A little segue. Um, that person described that attack like a scene from Jaws. Next week, uh, we're doing another episode of uh, Man Eater Movies, and we're going to be watching Jaws and talking about Jaws. And by the way, this is what I was going to mention earlier, which was surprising. I don't know what happened like two weeks ago, but suddenly 800 Canadians just listened to the Man Eater Movie uh, review of The Grey. So thank you for that. That was very odd. It, like within an hour, that it, I thought it was going viral. It stopped at like 800, which is not viral, but it was still very exciting. So if you're one of those um, 800 or so Canadians that listened to that episode in the space of an hour at like 2 a.m. Australian time, Australian time, uh, thank you. That was lovely. All right. After that little shameless self-promotion, um, let's do another one. Another scratch of the day. This one is a nine-year-old boy who was seriously injured in a bear attack while hunting in Alaska. Okay. Um... A relative shot and killed the bear. Okay, so let's find this. Two people, including... Oh, this is ABC News in America, by the way. Who's reporting? Um, Meredith Delisio. Delisso. Okay. Two people, including a nine-year-old boy, were injured in a bear attack while hunting in Alaska, authorities say. The child suffered serious injuries while a man sustained minor injuries, Alaska state troopers said. The incident occurred... Tuesday, around 6.30 p.m. local time near Palma, located about 40 miles northeast of Anchorage, police say. The pair, who are related, were hunting moose in the Palma Hay Flats area, a state game refuge, Alaska State Trooper spokesperson Austin McDaniel told ABC News. Troopers did not specify their relationship. Uh, they... Oh, okay, interesting. So it's... I would venture a guess it's a... What, a son and dad or a son and uncle? or something like that. Anyway, they came upon a brown bear that then mauled the child, the trooper said. The man shot and killed the bear during the attack, police say. Troopers and EMS responding to the scene following reports of a bear attack found the two victims who were taken to a hospital at the uh, Matunuska Sustina Valley area. I butchered that pronunciation. Sorry. McDaniels said, sorry, McDaniel, not McDaniels. McDaniel, which sounds like a knockoff of McDonald's. Uh, McDaniel said the last report he received had the child listed in fair condition. That's good. The brown bear, I was wondering if it was a brown bear. The brown bear was with a cub at the time of the attack. And that explains it as well. The Alaska Wildlife Troopers and Alaska Department of Fish and Game were unable to locate a cub in the area after the ground and aerial searches, McDaniel said. Uh, so yeah, after, I'm all bear attacked out after the four-parter. Um, but yeah, this it's very telling that at the end of this article, it was like, oh, there was a cub in the area. Like, that is that is one of my biggest fears. Not that I'm ever going to be around a bear, but just, you're just walking through, like, you know, you're walking through the bush, or I guess the forest, or the plains, or whatever it fucking is in Anchorage, and you just, like, see a little baby bear cub walk past, and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, it's mum's going to be near here. That, that would suck. So, that's pretty tough. It's good that the boy seems to be okay. Um... You know, it's sad that the bear died, uh, and it is sad that the, the cub hasn't been located either. That's not a good thing. Um, yeah, all in all, as with all these bear attacks, you know, obviously there's no winners in this. Uh, I guess the winners being that the, the two victims survived, which is really useful. So, uh, not useful, what am I talking about? Really great. That's good that they're alive. Our final scratch of the day, ending with not a light one, but an interesting one, and it's from my backyard. This is from Australia, ABC News Australia reporting. Um, 
a kangaroo attack. And this isn't the first kangaroo attack we've had, but it is the first fatal one. Kangaroo attack leaves 77-year-old alpaca breeder dead near Albany in WA's Great Southern. Um, okay, so apart from the dead part of this headline, it's funny up to that point. It's funny that he's 77. It's funny that he's an alpaca breeder. It's funny he was attacked by a kangaroo. It's extremely not funny um, that he died. So, um, yeah, I'm, I want to, <laughs> at the outset, I want to just say uh, this is not a funny story. It's sad. We've had kangaroo attacks in the past, which were pretty funny because it was just like a woman on a golf course annoying a kangaroo and the kangaroo punched her in the head or something like that. Um, this is, yeah, like I said, ABC News um, reported by Brianna Fior, Mark Bennett and Asher Couch. Uh, okay, so uh, a man killed in a kangaroo attack in regional Western Australia has been identified as a local alpaca breeder. Peter Edes, 77, was attacked on Sunday on his property in Redmond, 25 kilometers northwest of Albany in the state's great southern region. Police say Mr. Edes had been uh, keeping the three-year-old kangaroo as a pet. Oh, my God. He was... Oh, this is so sad. He was found by a family member with serious injuries. Authorities were called to the rural location, but had difficulties getting to the man. Police say they were forced to kill the kangaroo to make it safe for paramedics to treat Mr. Edie's. Efforts to save him were unsuccessful and he died at the scene. A report will be prepared for the coroner. Uh, community members said Mr. Edie's was an animal lover and he had hand-raised the animal from when it was a joey. He was, well, he was a well-known alpaca breeder, establishing the Algonis Alpaca Stud in 1997 and building a 60-head flock. His dedication included naming each animal uh, and building a cemetery to bury them when they died, telling the ABC in 2017 that he had wished to be buried next to Claudia, his favorite alpaca, when he died. Um, I'm not even going to comment on that last bit. That's a little... That's very sad. Okay, uh, there is an extra little bit. Fatal attack rare. Expert says this. Okay, the last reported fatal attack by a kangaroo was believed to have been in New South Wales in 1936. Wow. Damn, that is a long time ago. That's surprising. Kangaroos can be really, like, aggressive. Like, I've been attacked by a kangaroo when I was little, but... Yeah, wow. Their large uh, kangaroo behavior expert Graham Coulson says while kangaroo attacks are not uncommon, they are very, very, very rarely fatal. They're large. This is a quote: "They're large animals. They've got a lot of weapons, sharp nails, and sharp teeth. And certainly, if they've got if they're cornered or in some sort of distress, they can be quite dangerous." Associate Professor Coulson said. The problem with kangaroos and people is that we're both upright animals. We stand on two feet and in an upright stance, like that is a challenge to the male kangaroo. Wow, that's interesting. That's very interesting. I never thought of that. That just standing is a confrontation to it. Okay, of course it is. That's fantastic. That I that has blown my mind. They don't distinguish between people and other kangaroos, and that gets particularly risky when the male grows and becomes bigger and stronger, and then you can have problems like this. Uh, yeah, so kangaroos here in Australia, like especially red kangaroos, but even grey kangaroos, um, can get absolutely massive. I wonder if this was a red kangaroo or a grey kangaroo, because the red kangaroo is like the, the classic one that you've probably seen if you're from overseas. Um, the grey kangaroo, it's, it's more like a, it's more like a wallaby, if you know what a wallaby looks like. It's a bit fuzzier, it's cuter. Um, the, the red ones can get really buff and like really, uh, 
vascular. Uh, yeah. Um, the article continues, wildlife carer Michelle Jones said the incident was a tragic reminder of the need for people to be careful when interacting with kangaroos. It does really bring to light the fact that kangaroos are definitely not pets. They are wild animals, she said. That sucks, because when I was a kid, I really wanted a pet kangaroo. I have raised joeys that sat in the palm of my hand and hadn't even opened their eyes up yet. At around 18 months to three years of age, these beautiful, sweet, lovable animals, which is the description I would give to them at that point, become wild animals. She said the testosterone hormones of young male kangaroos could make them particularly aggressive. Yeah, just like, just like the testosterone and hormones of young male humans make them really aggressive, especially when they watch too much Jordan Peterson. Or Ben Shabibo. Um, yeah, okay, that's a really sad story. But, uh, you know, at least I've learned something today. The idea that the kangaroos get threatened by people just standing. Hey, kangaroos, it's not our fault. That's just how we are. That's how we were born. Don't discriminate, fucking kangaroo. Uh, okay, let's call Let's call it a day. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on this latest episode of Man Eaters. Particularly thank you if you join me for the last episode of the Killer Cryptids and this episode as well. So thank you very much for that. Like I said previously, um, our next episode is going to be a Man Eater movie episode. Yay, they're fun to do. Um, we'll be watching Jaws. So if you want to watch Jaws in the next seven days and be ready to, I guess, discuss it, it's not going to be much of a discussion because it's, I can't hear you. Say say something right now. Say something. Say something now and I'll tell you if I can hear you. Go. No, I can't hear anything. It's just silence. Ready? Oh, shit. I heard something that time. Do it again. That was the N-word. Wow, you're going to fucking jail. Okay, cool. Thank you for joining me. As always, um, the all the social media links and the email are in the description below. Please send me your feedback. Please send me uh, feedback. feedback. Please send me any... Uh, stories that you'd like me to cover, uh, anything like that, of course, I'd love to hear from you. Thank you to those of you who have reached out, uh, giving mm, very nice compliments on the, uh, the Bear Attack series, and also the last uh, episode of The Great, the, the Man Eater movie, and also Killer Cryptids. It's fun putting out content like this, and I'm having a good time, so yeah. Have a fantastic day, or night, or midday, or midnight, wherever you are. I hope you're comfortable. I hope you're having a great time. I hope you're happy. I really do hope that you're happy. Um, unless you are one of those people that, like, uh, opens a bag of chips upside down. I can't st just do, do I, I hope you're not happy. I hope there's something fundamentally wrong with all of your relationships, uh, and that they all end. Um, uh, but if that's not you, ignore that. Have a fantastic week. I'll see you next week. Uh, I love your faces. I'm sounding like Philip DeFranco. Uh, what's my outro again something about a jungle that's right yes that's right do me a favor and stay safe out there folks because as we know it's a jungle out there